Charles Batson, who is Professor of French and Francophone Studies at Union College Schenectady, New York, uh, where he has won the Stillman Award for Excellence in Teaching. Uh, Charles is the author of Dance, Desire and Anxiety in Early 20th Century French Theatre, published in 2005, and co-editor, amongst other things, of two recent issues of Quebec Studies devoted to Queer Quebec. He is also a member of Montreal's working group on circus research and has published work on French and Francophone cultural production and performance in a wide range of journals. He recently co-edited a compendium of essays on Quebec's contemporary circus called Cirque Global, Quebec's Expanding Circus Boundaries, uh, which is published this year, and he is co-leading a series of research encounters in the new field of inquiry that he and his colleagues are calling Circus and its Others. So, uh, this evening he will be talking, and further apologies for my French pronunciation, <laughs> uh, he will be talking about Cirque du Soleil oh. and beyond, expanding the <coughs> circus world. Please uh, give a warm welcome to Charles Batson. Thank you, Tony, for that. Uh, and thank you as well for the support uh, here at the Institute. Thank you for the support of the delegation as well. Um, thank you for and the presence of the high of the high commission is here. So thank you. Um, thank you. And thank you all. Thank you for adding this to your day. I think it's totally worth adding to your lives. Um, exploration of the of the circus worlds that are coming out of Quebec, based in Quebec and then expanding therefrom. Um, so I'm glad that that you've added this to your, to your day. As you will see, so much of this is new, much of this is young. The notion of circus studies, per se, as an academic field is brand new, brand new, brand new. So I'm delighted that you're here to be a part of the, the beginning, ultimately, at the end of the day. So there'll be bits and pieces. I've got a text, as you might imagine. I have some visuals. And you'll get to see some of that. Um, the continued support for one of the, it's also a political choice, I have to admit, to have actually live, live performers to remind us that actually, yes, all of this art that we're, that we're talking about and exploring, that has an origin, it has an origin in the bodies and the spirits of, of people, of people who make, to make choices and who are training and, and um, the art, the, are the, the, the subject of our, of our, um, of our encounters would not exist without those people who are making their art. So with that in mind, you get to see some of them. So yes, um, so yeah, now to the talk. There will be much reference to these various bits and pieces. Uh, so it will be about the Cirque du Soleil, yes, it will be about the Cirque du Soleil. With it, and we have to sort of put this out there, the billion dollar annual revenue stream, that's a billion to be. Uh, but it's also so much more than that, so you'll see more of this title. It's much more than that. Um, uh, and it also is uh, necessarily, at least in this context, related to certain notions of Quebec, of movement, and of expansion. So with those in mind, here we go. In a poll published in the summer of 2007 in the Daily Le Métro, distributed freely to the writers of Montreal's subway lines, the Cirque du Soleil was voted second after Céline Dion as the uh, native cultural product or international export <laughs> of which Quebecers are most proud. 
in 2011. Cirque du Soleil was named in a 2011 Les Affaires poll as the enterprise the Quebecois population most admires. With worldwide revenues making Cirque du Soleil's founder Guy La Liberté among the world's richest men prior to the recent sale of the company, his net worth was then some $1.4 billion. Drawn from the multiple touring and fixed theater shows that have taken the forms, structures, and drives of the new circus, the Sif Nouveau, to more uh, spectators than any other troupe worldwide. Sif du Soleil may well indeed be worthy of some nativist pride. The product of a province with roughly, what is it, 8 million inhabitants? Uh, who are constantly aware of and are constantly called to remember their difference, right, from their Anglophone neighbors who massively outnumber them. We will all remember that, je me souviens, right? Cirque uh, du Soleil may well take on shades of the notion of local boy done good writ large. Since it comes from chez nous, from our home, our space, it represents nous. It is nous. Cirque success is our success in that particular logic. Indeed, as I hope to show over the course of the next several minutes, <laughs> the development of the new circus arts in Quebec and the attendant creation of the Cirque du are well grounded in Quebecois cultural and artistic specificities. Unlike in Europe with long and rich tradition of circus families, and indeed uh, the site of the founding of modern circus forms, you may know this person, uh, Astley, roughly 1768, uh, or in the as, the, as the development of the modern circus, right? Or in circus, uh, certain other sections of North America where American circus arts have developed over multiple generations. We can't forget them, right? Ringling Brothers uh, and related uh, families and enterprises. Quebec never had the same fully developed circus tradition. Indeed, as my colleague uh, Louis Pachet-Beru in our compendium points out to us, Quebec circus arts tests like Louis Cyr, strongman Louis Cyr, tended to go south of the border for more steady employment, while the American and European circuses like their, like their tour to be having in Le Canada Francais. So for the artists who came to Le Cirque Nouveau in Quebec, their particular nouveau may thus well be less marked by specific rebellion against the old and traditional circus that may mark the work of the new circus uh, work in Europe. It may well be more marked by a generalized sense of the newness of a new Quebec taking shape in the second half of the 20th century. Of course, as we know, and I'm just going to repeat it, but it's because I think it's actually hugely important to remind you of that, historians obviously have called them the 1960s in Quebec the period of its quiet revolution, that Révolution tranquille. When the Liberals won this 1960 provincial election, it was not only the conservative government that lost power. The conservatizing impulses of the Roman Catholic Church, long walking hand in hand with the provincial government, co uh, controlling its schools, among other key domains, also lost a certain sort of dominance. Artists, many of whom had chafed under that original and official and unofficial censorship policies, and who had famously called for freedom of expression, movement, and creation in this, that 1948 manifesto called Le Refus Global, now, post-1960 and beyond, found a certain sympathetic population and government. 
Arts could now easily take form not only in the official museums and the sanctioned galleries, it could also take shape in the newly reclaimed urban spaces, then this is hugely important for the development of what's going on, hugely reclaimed urban spaces and in the streets without certain sort of frowns that may come from um, conservatizing government and church officials. That new government saying we need to have all kinds of exciting things happening chez nous, also began funding the creation of artistic festivals with the express purpose of providing venues for homegrown artists, homegrown being Quebecois artists. Tapping into the impulses then that also led to the creation of sovereignist, perhaps, if not separatist parties, uh, in the late 1960s, the government wished to support specifically Quebecois expression in its several forms, and with this new funding, the streets became loci streets, not just theaters. Streets became loci for not only protest, but creation. Guy La Liberté, the founder of Cirque du Soleil, remember now he's that brilliant dollar dude, right? Uh, that, that dude uh, benefited from this tradition when he began busking and playing the accordion and breathing fire in the streets in the 1970s. This is an original photo. Thank you, Cirque Soleil, for offering this. Uh, his first collaborator, Gilles Saint-Croix and Guy Caron, also found early acceptance for their work in the streets and the festivals that filled them. Attended to the developing street scenes and support for the multiple arts that could be expressed in them was also the nourishment of a pluridisciplinary improvisational culture that was broadcast over the province's airwaves. Two shows in particular, some of you may know of these, La Boite aux Surprises, uh, roughly translated the toy box, maybe-ish. And then there's Le Speed Show. How can we translate that? Not sure we can, maybe that damned show, something like that. Um, the latter's name obviously specifically showing that it benefited from a post-censorship-prone government. It showed that the province uh, had cutting-edge improvisational work and one that drew on a developed sense of theatricality. These things were developing. Far from being the short sketches then, these show scenes were often spoken of in terms of scenarios and synopses. Guy Caron, La Liberté's uh, collaborator, as I mentioned, and fellow circus performer, found early employment as a performer, often as a clown, in those shows, particularly La Bata Surprise. This theatrically oriented improvisational culture that drew on multiple arts, you'll hear those words several times again later, right? Multiple arts, <laughs> but the improvisational notions. They found another concrete form for them on the province's stages with the creation in 1968 of what was called Le Grand Cirque Ordinaire. Roughly translated, oh, the great circus of the people. That's how I like to translate that. This was, however, nothing normally recognized as a circus, not even nouveau, but rather sort of a communal group based on improvisational forms for dancers, artists, musicians, and just about any other kind of performance artist who want to join the group. Touring the province with a produ production called Tepa Taranija and Arc, the group incited numerous artists to follow suit and create communal groups to spark creation, even ones with neo-absurdist titles like that one and neo-absurdist aims. In this new Quebec, then, uh, it was precisely the new that was prized and supported, but not, of course, without some sort of struggle. Having developed a strong, uh, small group of stilt walkers after finding some inspiration in the political street theater of the Grand Puppet Theater just south of the border in Vermont, Gilles Saint-Croix, that early collaborator with, again, Cajon and Liberté, staged a stilt walk from his village in the Bay Saint-Paul to Quebec City, some 56 miles on stilts, uh, 
to gain funding for his rather non-conventional artists. The publicity stunt worked, and the government decided to support this group of Quebecois artists. That funding then uh, that fed those stilt walkers served as a catalyzing agent for the crystallization of the new circus arts in Quebec. Their tour in the province led to the funding of a fête foraine, translation carnival show maybe, uh, with several troops participating, including the musical group La Fonfonfonie, uh, the physical theater dance troupe Cabane 14, and the nascent circus group called Le Cirque du Totoir, the sidewalk circus perhaps. You'll notice, of course, the, the specifically Québécois heritage of this kind of production. Multiple arts, hear that again, multiple arts working with and for each other, street scenes uh, coming together to nourish many of those troops, and the theatricality at the heart of these enterprises. All, up to this point, done in French, for and with Québécois artists. This particular major event happened in 1982, two years prior to and in direct impetus for the official creation of the Cirque du Soleil. If you're doing the math, that's not that long ago. Right? Now for our first clip. You get a break from me. A first clip, and it's also going to be an anachronism, but I think it will do something interesting for us. This next clip, if it's still here, oh, it is, yay. Um, it's uh, from the Cirque Was production of Rain, created in 2004. It was being founded in the early 1990s by graduates of the National Circus School, more on that in a moment, but it also shows a bit, and this is why I'm showing it, a bit of the rough, unhewn, seemingly improvised street energy that one could imagine that was being um, uh, present in those first Secretary productions. And now you get a sort of seat. If I can make this work. He's like rain. It arrives instantaneously. <coughs> Just an appetizer. 
Uh, a few of the things that I think are interesting about that particular clip is that it's showing the broken fourth wall, and actually there, there's, there, um, there's ambient lighting for the spectators. Uh, they're singing, they're dancing, they're not just doing the circuit's numbers, per se, um, in, a, in, a, in a sort of a fluid, particular kind of manner. So now, before I move along chronologically, so once again, anachronisms are happening, but if you can stick with me, I think it's going to make some sense. I need to go backwards to, another, uh, to a few other important dates. In 1981, right, a year before the founding of the Cirque du Soleil, in 1981, the École Nationale de Cirque, the National Circus School was formed in Montreal, a direct answer to the need precisely both to provide support for the growing interest in the circus smart arts in Montreal and to train the artists for burgeoning troops sparked by the inspiration of the seminal troops that I had mentioned earlier. This new school first found official housing in a local community center, the Centre de l'Immaculée Sans Conception, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this community center was importantly also a large training center, tick, 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 see all this happening, for many of Canada's gymnasts who performed at the 1976 Montreal Olympic Games. Already thus housing and training artists and high-performance athletes side by side, the center prefigured what that Fête Lorraine would provide some years later, a site in which multiple disciplines could come in contact with each other, influencing each other learning skills from each other. The center had provided, of course, training for those artists whose work had already found expression outside of its walls and in the streets, as in the 1971 Super Franco Fête, uh, in which Canada's French-speaking musicians came together for a kind of Francophone Woodstock. Fascinating clips from some of those things. For the presence of, ding, 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 Caron and his fellow clowns, already had been to suggest a kind of blending of the multiple arts beyond the strictly musical. As a signal precursor to much of this work, marked by the openness of those disciplinary barriers, Montreal had hosted the, the 1967 World's Fair. I've got to go back to some of those key events. And even that, uh, an event rather, <laughs> that meant for many people in this just emerging metropolis that openness was the new mode the new way of being in their quietly <coughs> revolutionary world. The Fête-Lorraine and its immediate result, the founding of the Cirque du Soleil, thus did not, of course, spring into existence ex nihilo. In 1984, the provincial government set up significant funds to support Québécois artists for the celebration of the 450th anniversary of Jacques Cartier's arrival in North America. Following their success at that Fête Foraine, La Liberté and his fellow collaborators seized the opportunity to find even more funding for their own Grand Chapiteau, their own Big Top, with the name now that we know as the Cirque du Soleil. The government agreed, but not without conditions, and these are actually interesting conditions. This Cirque must be a touring Cirque to reach out to the entire province as a part of a festival of street players. That stipulation proved key to the, to the future success because by the end of that year, a large number of Québécois throughout the entire province had already heard of and importantly laid eyes on this new multidisciplinary art, already drawing from the stilt walkers and the high performance gymnasts and many arts in between. Second year of government funding, 1985's Year of the Youth, Several of the major artistic decisions uh, that we now know to recognize as signature Cirque du Soleil choices were implemented. Animals were eliminated. A theatrically oriented director guided the show, and a musical through line was established. 
And of course now this flaming star was born. Or at least so goes the foundational myth, right? The nouveau siècle québécois genesis story, and one that does not go without resonance from what my friend and colleague Aaron Hurley most recently reminds us is called Le Grand Récit, right? That other origin story of the exodus of Quebec and its peoples out of that grande noirceur into some quietly revolutionary land, if not of milk and honey, of at least funded autonomy flavored by migrant creativity. Indeed, the very title of an article by the French circus historian Pascal Jacob on the contemporary Québécois scene speaks eloquently to what some of these mutually informing resonances are among these narratives. What's his title? Québec, un souffle de liberté. You can sort of hear that other person, right? The vive, right? All that, all that's there. So even in uh, even in those early days, a native pride began swelling concerning that Cirque the influential sovereignist leader, René Lévesque, praises them, praised them as a single uh, example of the form of, and I'm quoting Lévesque, it's not every day one can say that, right? Uh, the superhuman effort that Quebec put itself to in the middle of the 1960s when it became aware of how dangerously underdeveloped its human capital was. He continues to go on to refer to this troupe as that extraordinary Cirque du Soleil, that united nations in miniature for the young of all ages, whose inventor and leader, Guy Le Liberté, is only 25 well-lived years old. End of that quote. One may well imagine that in his compliment of the Cirque du Soleil's uh, as a sort of a mini-UN, Lévesque was specifically not referring to that other institution and its lack of homeland, right? Lack of being from anywhere where it could call a Chinoo, in which that east side of Manhattan offers none of the local specificity to the UN that Quebec had already fervently and richly nourished in the creation of the Liberté's truth. His remark, if it can't do that, his remark may well rather point to that pride as expressed in that 2007-2011 poll concerning the native cultural products or international exports. This is indeed a Québécois product who goes out to represent us in the world beyond our borders, beyond our mere 8 million inhabitants board, uh, bounded by a continent filled with Anglophones. As such, his remarks presage ongoing government pride-filled comments and policies concerning cultural products. In the provincial's government white paper called Remettre la Remonde, giving art back to the world, still active on the ministry's website, and cited by uh, a couple of my fellow scholars. The Ministry of Culture and Communications uh, notes her support for the practice of, and I'm quoting, theater and concept producers and distributors who together work to diversify and render ever more accessible the works of our creators who characterize us as a society and who recognize our openness to the world. In what the minister is saying about herself and her uh, province's arts. This drive to have particularly Quebecois cultural products exported may well explain then the hugely negative response by the people in the province, strikes, strikes, uh, that they gave to moves by the Harper federal government, back then you might remember, to reduce funding for the performing <coughs> arts troops to participate in overseas festivals and venues. <coughs> and it may explain why the provincial government publicly insisted even in tough budgetary times, that it would at least maintain its own contributions to those artists. We must support this loud de chez nous, right? The provincial government's websites continue to, uh, to note 
in particular the circus arts, as a cultural product beyond the ordinary, I'm quoting. Its creators amaze everywhere and train artists for international fame. Since the beginning of the 1980s, these creators and artists have come together to contribute to the influence and extension <coughs> of Quebec. Notice that word, the extension of Quebec. End of that quote. There where the artists go, it would seem there Quebec goes. Indeed, with such a velocity may well underlie the document on the very same pages called Culture Québec, a culture that travels the world. In, in that title, we are us when we travel, when we do translatio, right, cross places, when we mutate, cross states. As such, I would therefore take some issue with the tone of loss that may mark a couple of my colleagues' analyses of the Cirque du Soleil, in which they note that the worlds created in the Cirque's productions show indeed no nation but imagination, to pick up a phrase from the Cirque's promotional documents. Their analyses of this world do point to the deductions, and I'm quoting, performance codes which include fantastical costumes, masked or heavily made up performers, acts of technical virtuosity, world beat music written in some Esperanto-like language, and the gibberish of the Cirque speaking clown characters in the bare list. There is no evident Canada, really. There is certainly no obvious Quebec in that world, and this world is certainly not even Francophone. One, uh, the often considered one very specific marker of that Québécois heritage. As my colleagues would say, equally revealing of the Cirque's assimilating drive is its effacement of the performer's ideological, cultural, and national placements. For example, in breach of standard circus procedure, neither acts nor performers are introduced. End of their quote. And just as a by the by, even if you buy that, that, that 20 pound, uh, a program, you will have to dig, 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 dig to find the names of the artists. Hard to find. So, before I go on though, hmm, another clip, before I go on to explore my particular response to my colleagues Harvey and Hurley, now there comes the second clip. It's technically um, humongous. Uh, it is from a Cirque du Soleil production of Kidam, and you will see a very, very different kind of aesthetic. It's smoothed out energies uh, that are not at all like those street energies that we saw in the earlier scene. The technical proficiency, though, is, I think, revelatory because it will show maybe, indeed, some of those origins, of course, in that community center, that Immaculée Conception, uh, where you have some of the best athletes uh, training with some of the best clowns and some of the best artists. So I'm going to give you about five minutes of a clip so that you can see, and actually it goes on for a few more minutes after that, but you can see the, the development of the... Of so Kidam, Kidam is the production. You'll see they're starting the starting the number with that. <laughs>
Yeah, so back to who, some of, some of where I was going with that. Back to get sort of lost. And then we still have, you can, this is on Vimeo, by the way. You can check this out. You can check this, this sequence out. It goes on for about another five minutes. Uh, that loss of specificity that I was referring to a minute ago may well actually not be one. This is kind of where I'm going back in my response to the Hardy and Hurley. Uh, for all the lack of specificity of origins, and we can sort of see this here as, as portrayed in the productions, that world, and here's where I'm going with some of the theory here, it may still be a very Quebec one. As Hurley and Harvey themselves have noted, Gilles Saint-Croix lo locates the Silk's Quebecois spirit, in, and I'm quoting Gilles Saint-Croix, in, in its audacity and ability to change to call into question. In that quote, in, in this formulation, Saint-Croix joins the tone of the government's own documents that note its artists as being diverse themselves, open to diversity, and participating in, not just contributing to, worldwide, the French word that is used is planetaire, planetary, cultural diversity. Formed through a quiet revolution that rejected closeness and marked by the energies of Expo 67, in which Quebec was not only exposed, but was exposed to, these artists may well carry a specific Quebecness, even as we do not see or hear specifying traces of the land of the province in the productions. It may well be that the new circus arts are indeed Quebecois products par excellence. Long based on the notion of travel and exposure, the circus arts and the Carney show have promised to generations of spectators a voyage to the spectacular, a voyage to that world beyond. For at least an hour or two, you too can see the world's smartest trick pony and the planet's most talented aerialists, or at least so goes the trope. Uh, if you go to the circus, you go to the world. Such language resonates in the very productions of the Québécois Cirque Nouveau. Cirque du Soleil's seminal show Nouvelle Experience set out to, in the director Franco Dragoni's words, take a trip across the planet to find these little jewels of a meteor crash. Here it is the artists who are the jewels, but we are the ones taken on the journey. Many of Kidam's characters themselves are constructed to be a part of some surrealist world in which physical specificity, even faces, disappear in front of the search for the soul or the essence of the artist. Nomad, a 2005 production of Cirque d'Oise, is, well, nomadic. <laughs> As a people of translators, people who do translatio, these post-quiet revolution Quebecois artists may well be particularly drawn to and may well already participate in the voyage, the displacement, and the replacement that Circus has long constructed. Such a logic, that and of course huge amounts of money, can't forget that part, may even go some way to explain the massively successful implantation of Quebec artists in Las Vegas. That city long considered one always already in flux, in mutation, in translatio itself, in which one can travel from Venice to New York by crossing the sidewalk, and in which one's own state, at least one's financial and marital state, can undergo massive transformation over the course of an evening. Interestingly, Vegas and that other little town just across the desert, Los Angeles, may well prove to be a, a major route towards the expansion of Quebec's circus world. Not only did the Cirque du Soleil's multiple shows in Vegas bring to the company approximately $600 million annually prior to the company's sale, Yes. Uh, <laughs> it has offered an entree into popular culture that is non pareil. You too may well remember the vocal artist Pink's gas-inducing aerial silks number in the 19 in the 2010 Grammys out of LA. Yeah. Well, just about all the morning after commentaries mentioned just how sick the soleil it all was. 
Indeed, that largest enterprise in that town that is the top tourist destination in the U.S., the Cirque du Soleil commands such presence in popular cultural understanding that the former American President Bill Clinton weep. In the, in the closing days of the 2012 presidential campaign season, could note that the Republican candidate Mitt Romney should be the chief contortionist for Cirque du Soleil. End of uh, uh, Mr. Clinton's quote, fully expecting that the American electorate would know of the highly developed position bending skills of the company's acrobats. The relationship between this number and the Cirque du Soleil is much deeper, however, than any superficial recognition of a Cirque-like high-flying glamour. The genealogy of her apparatus itself, the aerial silks, point back to Cirque du Soleil and to Quebec. Cirque's new touring show for 1996, this show, Kidam, featured aerial silks for the first time. That's not that long ago. D uh, for the first time in a choreography developed by André Simard, a longtime creator with silk and trainer at Montreal's National Circus School. The French acrobat Isabelle Baudel had just won the silver medal at Paris's 1995 Festival uh, Mondial du Cirque du Monde, representing Canada in a brand new act that she credits to her time training in Europe with uh, Gerard Pazili. So we have to remember, obviously, that she had had European training prior. However, Simard, who had already been inventing high, highly technical aerial skills at the circus school since at least 1989, when he developed an elastic cord that added safety to the development of, of some of these numbers, so you don't have to worry about actually killing yourself when you're training. Um, uh, yes, where was it going with that? Right, so, uh, so he would work with Faudel back in Montreal on the approximately eight-minute <coughs> silks number uh, that revealed that apparatus to the general public for the first time. That show, opened in 1996, I remind you, continued to tour until February 2016. How many years? You do math. With Cirque du Soleil houses averaging, according to one estimate, 98% capacity. Eyes on numbers. In, in 1997, Vaudel was replaced by Isabelle Chassé for a long-time engagement prior to her leaving Cirque du Soleil in 2002 to create, with other former artists from Cirque, a new circus troupe in Montreal called Les Cette la Main, The Seven Fingers, where she continues now to do her aerial work. As you can see with the Axeberry genealogy, Quebec circus worlds arguably do find expensive. <coughs> so back to Pink. She also performed trapeze in several of her touring shows. Her muscly catcher partner, because she's muscly herself, right? So, but yeah, so she has, a, she has to have a catcher partner that's just as muscly. Um, Sebastian Stella, who performed for two years with Cirque du Soleil in Vegas in its water-based show called Oak. And well, there's Britney Spears. Isn't there always Britney Spears? <laughs> um, I, should, I, I should point out not only the obvious for her 2009 tour called, of course, Circus. The Vegas-style glitz and the production values of the silk-like silk aerials, but also the very origin of the sear wheels, which she had in that production. Le Roussir that were whirling about on that stage, they were fine-tuned, if not created, depending on how you read the origin story, at least fine-tuned by Daniel Sia in 2003. Again, that's not that long ago. Who was a founding member some, tiers, some 10 years earlier of that troupe that keeps repeating, repeating here, Silky Watts. And while I'm still going with mainstream culture, if we can call Britney mainstream culture, um, can we forget the revival of Pippin on Broadway? 
with its, yes, circus numbers created by Gypsy Snyder, a co-founder with Isabelle Chassé of the still Montreal base. They said, Gloire. Again, genealogy suggests Quebec circus worlds may be expanding. In fact, in a discours fleuve de, de, delivered in 2012 by Pascal Jacob, the French circus historian that I mentioned before and artistic advisor to the Festival du Cirque de Demain, Jacob laid out an overview of what he called the Planet Cirque, in which various nationalities and their schools, schools with small s's, have held sway since the invention of the modern circus in the late 18th century, to go back to Astley. In Pascal's view, the year 2002 marks the beginning of the, get this, the Québécois period. That year being, among other things, remembering these genealogies at play, that year when Cette Dois, uh, remember Isabelle Chassé and her soaps, formed to create their first show. The Cirque Dois, remember Daniel Cyr and his wheel, created their important uh, theater circus hybrid show Nomad, and Cirque du Soleil created their touring show Barricaille, and I'm thinking it's coming to London in, in, in yeah, oh, yeah, and it's, and it's coming again, it's touring again now in an arena show. Right. Uh, it's a title that, and that Barricade, right, 2002, a title that means uh, it would appear wherever in the Romani language. Quebec silks may well appear anywhere and wherever these days, including in, yes, and of course, HBO's vampire themed series, True Blood, where at least one series brought a fairy cabaret to town. Did you see this series? Fun stuff. Perf uh, performing in silk like numbers with aerials, for example and the hoops and the sear wheels, taking this cabaret into a world beyond something that you might argue that had been prior to this new aesthetic, something that might be sort of like a Moulin Rouge meets Bob Fosse, but with these genealogies of play, it became very silk du Soleil. With 2011, uh, silk also had uh, more presence uh, in the press, New York Times article noted the continued influence of this world, and I'm quoting from the Times, from the special effects in Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, which employs former Silk employees, to the Metropolitan Opera, where the director, Robert Lepage, used technology he developed while with Silk. And the Montreal paper, La Presse, was proud to announce that the Silk du Soleil would bring their spectacle creation skills to Madonna's halftime show at the Super Bowl. The three companies named in another article uh, 2012 article concerning Le Québec en tournée mondiale, <coughs> touching on precisely Quebec's growing international presence in multimedia productions, Solotech, Moment Factory, and Geodesic. They all have connections with Silk, wherever indeed. So, hmm, so back to this whole origins thing. Where might it be in all of these sort of shimmering refractions, right? So let's return maybe to Isabelle Chassé, she of those silks and at the origins of Les Cédois, and what she just said in a particular, is a particular Québécois kind of creativity. As the St. Petersburg Times has written for Chassé, Quebec's minority status in North America gives it, and I'm quoting from the Times, not just a rich multiculturalism, but also a drive to prove itself to the rest of the world. I think because we're different than our surroundings, it gives us more freedom to be different in our dreams, in our goals, and our aspirations, Chassé said. Maybe we have a step ahead because of that. End of that long quote. And the Cédois kind of creativity, for example, seems to have found foothold, at least in the U.S. and, uh, and elsewhere. That troupe garnered a year-long contract in New York for their show Traces, something no other prominent Québécois performance troupe has been able to do, not even the Cirque du Soleil. 
The 2015 Broadway show, Paramore, was supposed to break that bad luck. Or 16, rather, shows need this year. Um, <coughs> but, we'll, but we'll see about that, because it was, the critics did not like it. <coughs> the Sun Plus program notes uh, uh, often include a specific comment on the role of their adopted city, for example. Uh, from Séquence 8, their 2012 creation, the program notes, for example, thank you to Montreal, this warm and cosmopolitan city for having influenced us, the collective. This from a company that, for example, had three shows running in France simultaneously in fall 2013 and has had extended runs in Berlin and other European spots. So, for just a minute, I'd like to look at another way of perceiving that beyond from the talk's title. Remember that part some minutes ago? Uh, looking at another way of doing Circus in and out of Quebec that is not the Cirque du Soleil way. So I'd like to turn specifically to Les Guadana, the Seven Fingers, founded precisely with the goal of creating Spectacle à Gondor d'Homme, uh, a fairly obvious jab at what the Soleil now offers, in which those early rough around the edges fête foraine are now swallowed into and smoothed out by a huge machine of the mega spectacle. In 2002, a group, that group of seven artists called Les Cédois, from widely varied backgrounds, designed a first performance project to be set in what might be the intimate environment of an artist's loft. Stage in the Juste Pour Rire Festival, one of those many festivals that both feed and are fed by the street performers and government coffers, and until recently set in the sometimes gritty uh, streets around the Quartier Latin. This first show, aptly called Loft, won the festival's Prix du Public. As described in the troupe's publicity materials, and I'm quoting in French, and wander along with your, with your schoolboy French, uh, l'action se déploie dans un loft, alors que cet ami proche utilise tout ce qui leur tombe sous la main. Pommes, chaussures, baignoires, lampes de poche, couteaux, abat-jour, poupées barrières, pour briser la monotonie. Indeed, those Setami Prosh, those seven close friends, the real circus artists are not, and not just their staged characters, ended up living in a loft together in Montreal, often using their shared living areas as rehearsal or creation spaces. In even yet more uh, breathy description, again, from the publicity materials, this is what the result is. A mélange de cirque d'un niveau inégalé, de théâtre intimiste, danse d'avant-garde, de performance musicale à couper de souffle, et de projection vidéo parfois captée en ligne. So that mixture of circus and theater and avant-garde dance and, and musical productions, uh, they all come together um, with a video. Indeed, the performance, while designed for a, the for a theater and not a grand chapiteau, uh, seems to offer a return to some of those origins of the Québécois Cirque Nouveau, the pluridisciplinary intermingling of those multiple arts and artists from various backgrounds in which theater, dance, and high-caliber physicality inform each other. And it's important to return to some of those other pluridisciplinary artistic creations taking shape in the 1980s at the same time as the Cirque Nouveau was in Montreal. As Aaron Hurley describes this moment, that theater of the 1980s seems to insist more on the image visuelle, the visual image, and not on an obvious Québécité or, or Quebec identity. Placing this shift as a part of the reactions to the failure of the independence referendum of 1980, Hurley writes that the scenic arts abandoned somehow that sort of socio-critical uh, gaze as well as the realist uh, mode in which uh, they, they, uh, they moved into a, a 
to a renouvellement du langage cynique. I'm just doing a quick translation for my own French here. So renewing a scenic language. Among the new things, the groups doing these new things were, of course, Scala and Catos, mentioned them earlier, that theater troupe that participated in that early Fête Foraine, from which evolved Cirque. This is an image from the 1988 Dortoir. So if you want to do a flash, as you can see. Ah, right. Dortoir. So this is, uh, yeah, so this is physical theater. But it's just an image so that you can see it though. Um, physical theater, um, next. Is it theater? Is it dance? <coughs> is it something else? It is all of the above. If indeed there is a Genesis story, there would appear to be several Adam and Eve's, all influencing each other in that development of that highly physical theater. And it is also, uh, um, and Eric would now agree with me, it is also about a certain physicality and not only visual image. Several theoreticians of this moment of what might be called postmodern dance or postmodern theater offer language relating to that theater of the image, a phrase that seems crafted to point to a diminution in these works of the primacy of the text, of the story. Videos from another dance movement troupe founded in 1980, La 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 Steps, for example, remind us that this image is certainly not a static one. And this is just simply an image from, I think you can actually get this one, uh, from, uh, from 1985's Human Sex with uh, Louise Le Cavalier, you know, that rather, rather striking artist. If you don't know her work, it's easy to do her work now because she performed with David Bowie, whom we lost this year. But that's why these, these images are recircling uh, in, in several of his uh, tours. So indeed, in the physicality that is rendered evident and not hidden behind something called grace or through lines or elegance, we are reminded for La Rocabon 14, for the Fête Foraine, that there are real bodies at work and at play. Bodies that not only, not only get up with creaks in the morning, but that they can do things that might be dance, might be gymnastics, might be embodied vocalizations. The early Cirque Nouveau, the Danse Nouvelle, the Théâtre Nouveau speak, or rather move, similar or at least mutually influential languages. They still go la main with their staging of intimate physicalities that draw on these new vocabularies from theater, dance, and circus, thus point to those particular origins. Their 2010 Psy, uh, Psy, uh, gave a particular expanded role given to spoken word performance in a self-described uh, acrobatic marriage of the body, of the mind, and of the soul. Quote from their promotional materials. And their promotional material goes on. I'll say it in French, and then if I can do a translation, I will try. Psy juxtapose certaines des facettes les plus sombres de la psyché humaine au langage stimulant et exaltant des arts du cirque et nous révèle la beauté, l'humour et finalement l'omniprésence de nos névroses. So yeah, so Psy juxtaposes certain of the darkest aspects of the human psyche with the stimulating and exalting language of circus arts and reveals the beauty, the humor, and finally, the omnipresence of our neuroses. Uh, in this gestural, or at least in its many forms, that gives us access to these neuroses, we also have gestures that are not limited to a corporal reality unaccompanied by words. Here we, words rather. Here we have developed, expounded, and expanded dramatic text that accompanies or complements movements in the German wheel, the Chinese pole, or the teeterboard. Sees corporal, facial, and verbal gestures draw from the multiple arts, again, dance, theater, and circus, chief among them, nourished in a contemporary Montreal. 
And now for the last clip. The promotional video for C, where interestingly, you don't actually get to hear them speak, but you can see uh, some of the origins of their speaking. And you will certainly get a sense of the physical theater that's not hidden at all behind any kind of makeup and costuming. And now we can actually go dark. The recognition and understanding of mental disorders has changed over time. sound continuing this, but you can certainly get a sense of the, of the physical theater aspect of, the, of this particular circus, while still the technical skills are stupendous. So yeah, so that's that company that has, the, that, has that international presence, even in, in certain spaces where Cirque du Soleil has it, for example, in New York and, and, and Berlin, uh, for example. So, and I'm going to close. I'm close to the closing here. I'd like to close on the notion that the expansion of these circus worlds is not only uh, towards a voyage beyond borders. It is also marked by a striking presence of the circus arts within Quebec. With the continued success of the publicly subsidized National Circus School and those companies that do undertake that voyage beyond, Montreal, the, regionals, the region's cultural capital and the site of the school and several companies' headquarters, has seen its own performance scene enhanced by the presence of circus artists. It is, where, it is here that we leave the rounds and the circles of the formalized cirque to return to the streets, indeed the locus of origin for that entire enterprise. There is hardly a street festival in Montreal of the scores of them that is not nourished by the new circus arts. From summer's Just for Laughs festival to winter's Festival of Lights, for example, in which we see festival goers being invited to traipse through the streets of old Montreal in the company of fire dancers and artists on stilts and in German wheels, all in minus 30 degree weather. Pubs and bars regularly offer circus acts as an integral part of the evening's happening. Karina's Club Lounge, for example, offers on Fridays and Saturdays what it calls an interactive circus cabaret, with its website saying that each evening figures some uh, 20 circus acts. The International Circus Festival, Montréal Compagnon Cirque, features free street and park performances. Yeah, I think you get the, what's going on there. And in a fascinating twist explored by my colleague Jen Spiegel in her contribution to our book, uh, during the so-called Maple or Quebec Spring, when student protests against tuition hikes turned into more generalized protests, circus artists turned out in large numbers to participate. And in one last and related note, this was from the Maple Spring, Quebec Spring, the Red Square. There's this. One last and related note, a similar engagement with and in the streets happened in the summer of 2008 when the Gay Pride Parade took for itself the theme, Sick. Uh, but you can sort of get a sense, this is just one of the floats, you can probably get a sense of maybe what the sense of the rest of the float was about. Yeah, uh, just behind. So that was the theme from the 2008 Gay Pride Parade when most of the floats and most performances then took on the silk. With these moves, circus performers on floats, on stilts, on sear wheels with red squares, they have found themselves participating in large numbers in that tradition of 
celebration, protest, and creation that had marked the early movement towards the Cirque de Vaux in Quebec. In the particularly and specifically Quebecois, Montréalais streets where those circus arts, those of Cirque du Soleil and beyond, had first found acceptance. And there we close.